This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode of the Sheridan Tapes was brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Shirley Casperson, Virginia Spots, Jesse Steele, Sam Taylor, Mike and Don Van Winkle, and Neil Covert. If you'd like to support the show as well, then please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to all new episodes, a special patron-only podcast, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Sunday evening. Perfect. Just what the doctor ordered. God, it's enough to make you wish you'd gone out and done something yesterday. Almost. Look. Yesterday, good day. 
pretty good, at least better than most. Today, not so much. Didn't get to half the things I was supposed to do yesterday. I mean, most of them weren't important at all, but I forgot the pharmacies closed on Sundays because apparently Wilford's still living in the 19-fucking-40s, so I... said I might see an increase in anger if this happened, so I've just been sitting here all day trying to stay calm. Landlord's going to kill me if I put another hole in the wall. And trust me, the rain doesn't help. It's not exactly soothing after, you know. <sighs> Maybe it's not a good idea to be working right now either, but, but at least it's something to take the edge off. Keep me distracted, I guess. <sighs> Hell if I know. Let's see, we've got, uh, uh, number 00135. God, even the tapes are running zeros today. Okay. Looks like... All right, yes, it's recording. Great. Bit of a gamble, this old thing, but I figured it was worth a shot at least now that the old one's gone, but... <sighs> Gee, Sheridan, calm down. All right, um, basics, I guess. This is Anna Sheridan, and it's about 9 o'clock at night on April 15, 2009. I've been camped outside Green Bank, West Virginia for the last 10 days. Kate's here too. My sister, Kate Sheridan, I mean. She just left the van to get some fresh air. I told her it might not be safe out in the dark, but she ignored me. As usual. God, we're in dire straits when I'm the voice of reason. Kate just got here this morning, and of course she brought that ridiculous RV her husband talked her into buying. Thankfully, he's not here with her but I doubt she left him behind for my sake. More like she didn't want to be embarrassed by her sister's screw-up. Again. Not that she was over the moon about why we're actually here anyway. Hey, Anna. Uh, you still in there? Where else would I be? I'm about to go to bed. Are you sure you don't want to stay in the RV tonight? No, I'm fine here, thanks. Don't want to cut into your space. It's not a problem. You can just sleep on the fold-out. I won't even notice you're there. When do you ever? Huh? I've still got some work to do out here. Probably be up all night. Anna, you need to get some sleep. I'll get a nap when I can. Don't worry about me. Oh, okay. Um... I'll just leave the door on the latch, if you change your mind, yeah? Great. Thanks. <sighs> she means well. She really does. Most of the time, at least. I mean, it's annoying, but... She just doesn't get that I don't need it. I mean, I do. I called her and said I needed help, just... Not like that. I don't know why I called her in the first place. She doesn't... No, I do know. It's because she might be the only person left who really knows me. Knows me well enough that if this all goes sideways... We're here because of a voice. 
That's how this all started. A voice that began showing up on AM radios in Cody, Wyoming, about a year ago. At first, it was a weak signal, only showing up occasionally in the static between the stations. Most of the people who heard it could only make out one or two words at a time, but they seemed to be cut out of a longer message. There were a few dozen recordings posted online by the time I found them. Single words just barely audible through the static. Help. Listen. Alone. Of course I couldn't resist. It took a bit of stumbling around the backcountry with my scanner to figure out where the signals were coming from. But I eventually tracked them to Spirit Mountain Cave. It's an old national monument that was abandoned back in the 50s, so it's gated off and managed by the BLM now. It took a little finagling, but I managed to get a permit to explore the cave on my own. The ranger who helped me get there, Kirk, stayed on the walkie-talkie the entire time, but I didn't mind. At least not until the voice on the radio turned into one that sounded like his, but wasn't. I still don't know what to call the entity I found. Normally, I would call it a poltergeist. It was non-visible, non-corporeal, and able to physically interact with the world, violently if need be. But then it didn't seem to have a voice or an identity of its own. If it was really the ghost of someone who died in that cave, then it wouldn't need to steal voices to speak. It would have its own. It wasn't a monster creature, or any other supernatural entity based in biology. Most paranormal phenomena I've dealt with create some kind of electromagnetic interference. That's why I have my scanner with me all the time. But as far as I can tell, this entity didn't create EM radiation. It was the radio waves I detected. An intelligence made up of indistinct, shifting energy fields but somehow still able to influence and reshape physical matter. When I found it, it was trapped in one of the lowest chambers of the cave system, but it seemed to escape with me when I climbed out. As far as I can tell, it's able to infect any electronic device that receives a large enough amount of its signal pattern. It got into my walkie-talkie, left the cavern, and then somehow, it created a body for itself. Well, maybe created isn't the right word. Copied? Xeroxed? Stole? Whatever it did, it walked out of the cave looking exactly like Ranger Kirk, with the real Kirk standing right there in front of me with a stunned expression on his face. He freaked out a little bit, and he had a gun on him, so yeah, I'm guessing you can figure out the rest. I just assumed that was it. The creature, ghost, whatever, was dead. Or, at the very least, stuck in that cave without a body. I left Cody the next day feeling pretty good about myself. I found what I was looking for, bought it, survived it, and beat it. With a little help from Kirk. Tied that chapter off with a neat little bow, and that was the end of it, as far as I could tell. But then I started checking the forums again. People were still posting recordings, and not just from Cody. 
They were picking up the same signals in remote areas of South Dakota, Nebraska, even a few areas around Kansas City. The voice was moving east, getting stronger and clearer the further it went. That was disturbing enough. What made it even worse was the fact that the voice had changed. I thought that if the entity had survived, it would keep Kirk's voice. That was one of my biggest miscalculations. I lost my old recorder somewhere in that cave, with years and years of old audio files stored in its memory. The echo, that's what I've decided to call it, stole Kirk's face, voice and body with nothing more than what it heard on the radio. How easy would it be for it to steal mine? This is my fault. If I hadn't ignored all the red flags and just stayed away, then it would probably still be trapped there. But no, I let this thing loose because I couldn't leave it well enough alone. And I have to be the one to fix it. The Green Bank Radio Telescope is a few miles up the road from here. When the sun's out, you can see it clear as day towering over the trees. It's taller than the Statue of Liberty at its highest point, and its collector dish is more than 300 feet across. The whole thing is just an enormous mechanical ear pointed at the sky, listening to the stars. And it's enormously sensitive. It's so sensitive, it basically created the National Radio Quiet Zone. Well, it and the massive military listening station over at Sugar Grove. Hundreds of miles of federally regulated quiet right in the middle of the U.S. That's not to say there are no radio signals at all. They're just controlled and monitored. But the closer you get to the telescope, the more restrictions there are. In Green Bank itself, there's no Wi-Fi, cell phones, or overhead cables. Even tiny electrical shorts get picked up by the telescope sometimes, and the observatory has to send out patrol cars to fix them. I turned my phone up a few miles back, but if I tried to drive the van any closer to the telescope, I couldn't. They only allow diesel cars that close to the dish. The spark plugs in this thing would be enough to set up all kinds of alarms. Yeah. That's how quiet it is out here. The scanner's been running the whole time I've been talking. If I were anywhere else, it would be beeping almost constantly. We're swimming in radio waves. Everyone wants to talk to everyone else all the time. And it takes a mind-numbingly huge number of transmitters and receivers to make that possible. But out here, that's all gone. The world is quiet absolutely still. So, if our friend the Echo decides to come calling, I'll know right away. Any signal, any at all, and I'll be able to track it to its source, find out how it's spreading, and get rid of it once and for all. Make things right. Even if I have to stay here for months, I'll find- <coughs> Kate, I thought you were going to bed. Never could sleep very well in the RV. I made some tea instead. Thought you might like a cup. Oh, um, thanks. Still recording? Oh, yeah. I'll turn it off. No, I don't mind. It's kind of cool, by the way. Retro. 
I guess it kind of is, isn't it? Thrift shop? No, Dad got it for me for a birthday. God, must have been 20 years ago now. And it's still running? They just don't make them like that anymore, do they? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, any change? What? You mean on the scanner? No, still nothing. But if it's out there, I'll find it. If? (laughs) Yeah. Big if. And if not? Then I guess I keep looking. How long? As long as it takes. And if you never find it? I mean, what do you throw in the towel and... Not now, Kate. What do you mean, not now? That's always the question with you, isn't it? When? What the hell's that supposed to mean? When are you going to stop? When are you going to come home? When are you going to sit down and get your head on straight? Well, when are you? That's the point. You always think it's when, not if. I was just saying that... You think everything just happens because you say so. You say you're going to college, going to get married, going to get a boring, mind-numbing job and make a shit ton of money, and then it just happens the way you want it to, when you want it to. All I'm saying is you need to start taking life seriously and think... No! What you're trying to do is tell me how my life works. You call this a life? You're living in a dream world, Anna, and it's high time you wake up. Seriously? A dream. It's a nightmare. I try to be like you. I try to make plans, and then all of a sudden, wham, shit like this happens, and I just have to deal with it. God, you're insufferable. What? You really think you're the only one who's ever struggled? That nothing bad ever happens to me? Because let me tell you, it sure as hell hasn't. No, no, no. You don't get to tell me that I just need to pick myself up by my bootstraps and try harder. Because every fucking day of my life is already hard enough without your voice in the back of my head. You have absolutely no idea what my life is like. And whose fault is that, huh? Did I decide to run away from all of my problems? Remind me, which one of us spends half the year camped out God knows where writing and smoking and freaking out over shadows and ghost stories and voices on the radio? Um, Anna, you tell me there aren't any signals out here. I know. And that this thing you're hunting. I know. Weak radio signal coming this way. 900 meters off. Is it? You know, you're... 700 meters. Closing fast. Come on, Anna. We need to go. No. I need to fix this. Jesus, Anna, why do you have a gun in here? Why do you think? Don't you need a permit or something to... 300 meters. 200. 100. Anna, we need to go now. No! You want to see what my life is like, huh? Well, this is it. This is my life. So help me or stay out of my way, but don't. Um, Anna. Excuse me, miss. Could you uh, roll down your window, please? Oh, um, right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, shit. That went, well, about as you'd expect, actually. Kate left as soon as the patrol did. It was just someone from the observatory. They were picking up interference from my van and decided to check it out. That blip on the scanner was just their scanners interfering with mine. Thankfully, they didn't notice the gun, and we figured out what was wrong pretty quickly. Apparently, using a tape recorder from the 80s 10 miles away from the world's biggest radio telescope wasn't my brightest idea. All it took was a few crossed wires, and a billion-dollar telescope loses a night's worth of research. And I lose my best shot at stopping the echo. (sighs) Sometimes that seems like all Kate and I have. Crossed wires. Interference. Old faults. We try, but I guess we're just too different now. Or too similar. Or just our own people. It was a mistake asking her to come out here. Even if the echo turned up, I doubt she'd be able to tell the difference between us anymore. Caves, hellhounds, fire, black holes, snow demons, and evil wishing wells. What the fuck does it mean? What's the point, huh? What's the point of any of this? Just to screw with me? Make sure my life's more of a goddamn nightmare than it already is? Because I'm done. I'm done with this bullshit. Do you have any idea what time it is? What? What? Hello? I can barely hear... Who who is this? You're... It can't be. You're... Sheridan? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 9, These Dark Battlements, starring Aaron Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan, Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, and Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, with original music by Jesse Hogan. Written and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Trevor underscore VW. New episodes are released every Friday at 5pm Pacific Standard Time on all podcasting platforms. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.